Hey, welcome to the Epic Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad Mitchell, and besides being a husband and a father to four wonderful children, I am also a small business owner. And I'm Bobby Hawk. I'm co-hosting with Chad. And not only am I a husband and father of two, but I am also a pastor. So we're going to talk about leadership and whether you are in the marketplace or the ministry, I think the Epic Leadership Podcast can encourage and enhance your leadership. Here we go. Hey, welcome to the September edition of the Epic Leadership Podcast here with my friend Chad Mitchell. I'm Bobby Hawk. We're coming to you, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or maybe you're listening uh, on the audio version, but uh, welcome, Chad. It's good to have you back, man. September, man. Where did it go? September. The summer flew by. Football is here. Yeah. Uh, we're recording this uh, after week one, and uh, so, you know, it's Kansas City guys, we, it's tough. It's tough, but I'm still feeling good. I, yeah, I think I think we're tough. on the uphill. So we've got the uh, we've got the drama of Mr. Jones behind us, though. So that's good. We hope. Yes. I mean, yes. The contract is there. We hope the drama is gone, yeah. and that's actually probably going to feed into a little bit about what we talk about today, uh, which isn't going to be football. We're going to talk about culture and just kind of a Chad. We talked about this as we've reflected over the last year and a half, and as we've uh, received feedback, kind of on the podcast. Um, it's kind of exciting. I'd say we're going to tweak this slightly moving forward. So I just wanted to share with our listeners a couple of things we talked about. You know, one, we're really going to try our best to keep these to about 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, I think that's important for sure. Yeah. So just know if you're listening, our goal is 30 minutes, which means we're not going to cover everything that we would normally cover. Uh, we're going to tease these things out. And when I say normally cover, um, we have, Epic Strategies is is something we're connected with that we offer leaders, businesses, um, an opportunity for us to come on site or for them to come on site at our Epic Center, which is formerly our Epic Sports Lodge, and uh, and do trainings. Uh, so kind of a coaching style yeah. is is the style. Uh, we also can do kind of a consulting type approach if that's what somebody wants. So that's everything from strategic planning to just some of these topics that we go through. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of continue to go through these, but kind of tease these out, give you kind of the overview. And maybe you are a business leader and you'd say, this is something I'd like more of for my team. Uh, we're open to that, willing to do that. And uh, we're excited because uh, money that, that comes in for this actually helps us fund nonprofit initiatives in our community. So it's a win, 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 win for us. We like doing it. Hopefully a win, for organizations and leaders, and it's definitely a win for the community. Yeah, and, and I think it's important, Bobby, because as a business owner, you know, a lot of times those kind of things aren't the things that you're taught anywhere, right? And sometimes you have to learn that stuff through either bad experiences or good experiences, but those are things that we don't talk about a lot. And I think it's important that uh, business leaders have a resource and, you know, happy to be a part of a resource for other businesses that are out there because I think it, uh, you know, it's benefited me greatly. I know it's benefited you greatly just being able to work through some of these things. So I'm excited about it. It'll be great. Yeah. And we, if you've listened, you know, we talk from more experience than we do expertise, right? We're yeah. not experts. We just walk through life and some of these we've learned the hard way. We'd like to save you a little bit of that. Yeah. Uh, and some of it we've, we've stumbled upon and, and then there's some of it that we've intentionally learned from others. We try to put it all together. So, so let's talk culture today, Chad, uh, in our, our time together. Uh, when, when I throw out the term culture and we apply it to businesses, um, by the way, by businesses, 
nonprofits, for profits, everything sure. in between. We're not yeah. limiting that to just a for profit uh, world, but businesses and organizations. I talk about culture. What does that mean to you? You know, I think you can take on a number of different meetings, but to me, what that means is, is what is the pulse, so to speak, of your business? You know, what is the pulse of your business and not necessarily your business when it comes to, you know, what you're selling or what you're serving or what you're doing, but more so of your, of your business when it comes to how does it feel when you walk in with your team of individuals that you work with? What does that feel like? What does that look like? And then what do your customers or patrons of your business, what do they feel? Yeah. So to me, that's what that means. And, and, you know, and I think you're spot on. And so we're going to talk about culture and we're going to use, listen, we use Epic as, as an acrostic a lot. And, and we do for a couple of reasons. One, it's easy to remember things, but two, it helps us narrow the focus to just a yeah. few components. So sure. the, the, when we talk about that, let's use that E. I'm hearing environment. Yeah. It is the environment that your business lives in or operates in. And every organization, is a living organization, right? Well, at I least mean, it should be. It should be, right? It should be. And so if it's a living or organization, like a living organism, it lives within an environment. So right. the question isn't whether you have culture. Right. It's what type of culture do you have? You have culture. And if you don't know that you have culture or if you would say, no, nah, I don't really think culture is important, that's what's going to throw up red flags for me. Yeah. Because you definitely do. So as we've talked through this before, let, let's give the listeners – what I would say are some really simple parameters for environment. I'll throw them out and, and let's just discuss them. So when we talk about environment, we talk about believe, behave, become. Yeah. So what you believe as a leader for your business is going to affect how you behave and how you behave is going to affect who you as an organization become. That is the environment. And so if you're wanting to change the culture, you got to start with probably being honest about beliefs and behaviors because those two, that becomes your culture. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's easy, Bobby, sometimes to, to miss a step within that. But I think probably the most important step out of that for me and, and within my business is it, it's got to start with the belief side of things, right? This is what we believe as an organization. This is what, this is what our core value is as an organization. And this is what we're going to get behind. Without that, it's really hard to behave the way you want to behave. And if you're missing that piece, then how are you going to become the organization that you want to be? Right. right so right. just a prime example. Um, when you, when you think about belief within my organization, our belief has always been on making sure that people are educated on the things that matter most to them and their families and their financial future and in their lives, okay? And also making sure that we've given our team the tools, the resources, and the education to do their job in the best way possible so that they can advance within their own career and within their own personal aspects of life. So that's kind of our core foundation of what we focus on. And without that, I can tell you that there have been times when we've been really good at it, but then there's been times when we've been really bad at it. And that is the thing that sets the stage for how successful we are or not. Yeah. So a simple question yeah. is, what do I believe? What does the organization believe? And if you if you can't answer that question, that's a problem yeah. because those are your values, right? Well, and I think it even goes further than that. If the people on your team that you're bringing into the organization, if they're not aligned with those, it creates problems. 
Yeah. So maybe another question is, what do you believe right. that I believe? Yeah. I mean, that's where it trickles down to the team because if the beliefs don't match, the behavior won't match. But then there is a follow-up question of, are we behaving like we believe? Yeah. So if, if for instance, and we'll just kind of use this example, if one of the core values or beliefs in an organization is, man, we really value family. We really value family time. We want to make sure that our people can get off at a good time, be home, be involved with their kids, sports, et cetera. Uh, I think that's a great value. I think that's saying we care about our people. Here's the deal. If that's a value and you look at the actual behavior, if that's not happening, then your your beliefs and your behaviors don't match. Yeah. And I would say that is the first step to what most people will understand is a toxic environment. You know what I mean? Um, because you hear people that, that talk about organizations that they work for, that they've worked for in the past. And, you know, the term, the buzzword that everybody throws out a lot of times is, well, it was just a really toxic environment. Well, what created it? And I would say that a lot of that creation of that toxic environment came from some of this stuff that we're talking about. You know, well, what were the beliefs and whereas was everybody on the same page and did the beliefs act with how they behaved? Yeah, is what I think is one leader said is what's hanging on the wall happening down the hall. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever that is. And that's a great question to ask. But here's the deal. It's also a hard question to ask, Chad, because you alluded to this. It's a question you have to ask yourself as a leader. But at the end of the day, the only way to really get the answer, you have to be willing to ask the people you work with. Yeah. I mean, and you got to be willing to listen to the answers and hopefully create a culture where honesty can 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 shine through because you can't get better yeah. if you're not willing to say maybe what we believe is not how we behave right. or maybe our beliefs aren't clear. But when we said become, that that's the end result. You become what you believe and right. you become how you behave. And if the two match up and are healthy, man, you really are setting the stage for a great culture. If not, I think you're right. Toxic is probably the best word to describe it. The one thing I'll, I'll kind of end with this on when it comes to this stuff is what you become, it's for better or worse, right? Because that what you become can actually be a great thing, but it can also be a bad thing. You know what I mean? So um, I think all of those things tie together. I think that's important to actually start our conversation with when we're talking about culture. But th there's something else out there behind, you know, our environment and, and kind of what that looks like. So talk to us about the next thing. Okay. So the environment, again, that, that sets the stage. Now we talk about the priorities. So yeah. for us – uh, and we'll come – but we come back to priorities a lot because they they really are important. In this sure. case – I would say, as we've talked before, the priorities, and, and we'll just list them out and then we'll kind of talk through them. As a leader, and, and when I say leader, it, this isn't just the leader in an organization. Influencer. If you're an influencer, if you have the ability to influence the organization, so maybe you're not the CEO, so right. to speak, but you're in an influential position, then you have to think about these things. We have to think about guarding, guiding, and growing a healthy culture. Yeah. Those have to be the priorities. And I, I honestly, I don't feel like Chad, you can't just focus on one. Yeah. I mean, if you say, man, we really want to, uh, guard the culture, what you're saying is we want to protect it. And, and I'm assuming if you're guarding the culture, hopefully we're, we're just making an assumption that our leaders want to have healthy culture. 
right? Not unhealthy culture because you can guard an unhealthy culture and keep it unhealthy, but it doesn't end well. It won't end well, right? <laughs> and I don't think those people are listening. So guarding is good, but if you guard it and you just choose to protect it, but you're not guiding it, yeah. somebody else is directing it while you're trying to protect it. And guess what? There's going to be a clash. Yeah. You got to be willing to do that. And then th- when I use the term grow, what I think of is, is I think of the word connect. When you're growing the culture, you're, you're being intentional to make sure that other people are a part of this process, that right. they're bought in, they're connected to this. Because again, as a leader, as much as you want to try to guard it and as much as you want to try to guide it, that's not a solo act. Right. Cause culture emanates from everyone in the organization. So, so yeah, I mean, talk to me about the, the priorities, maybe questions of how do you guard culture in an organization? I mean, what are some things that you can do? What do you look out for to make sure it's not toxic? I don't think you can over communicate when it comes to that. I, I think continuous communication with, with the people that are on your team is important. Um, I'll give you an example. I mean, right now, Within my business, we're at the point of where we have to add some additional people to help. Um, you know, so we've, we've got to do that. Well, the most important thing for us and in conversations with the team, the most important thing for them has not been, well, does this person have the skill sets to do XYZ? The first question always has been, are they going to fit in with the culture? And I think that speaks to the importance of how important that is for us and how important that is for other businesses because if that piece isn't right, it just doesn't work. And I don't care how good you are at everything else. Um, I can't – for the most part, I can't teach the culture to people. I can let them know what it is and they're either going to adapt to it and be willing to come in and be a part of it or they're not. It's, yeah. it's A or B. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great example because what I hear you say is culture for you means that chemistry, the yeah. way somebody fits in with the team is as important, maybe more important than competency. And I think it's most important when you're talking about smaller organizations. Sure. You know, both you and I are part of smaller organizations. When I say smaller organizations, I mean fewer than 10, yeah, right? Full time. Yeah, yeah. Employees. Yes. When you're fewer than 10, Culture is so much more important because it doesn't allow anybody to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Over 10, you can probably hide from that, right? Sure. You can probably hide from that. Not that it's healthy, but individuals can probably hide from that. And in return, what I've seen in the past working for corporations that are very much larger than the small business style of corporation, what I've seen in the past is those people that are hiding from the culture will actually do a disservice later on within yeah. the organization. And, and, you know, for somebody that's part of a larger organization, there's still subcultures within that, right? Absolutely. So whether it's your team teams, yeah. or yeah, your group. So it really, you know, you're going to find the application here, but, but again, if chemistry is more important than competency, we're not saying competency is not important. Right. Uh, certainly you have to have the skill set to get the job. But what you're saying is I can teach some of the skills for you to keep the job. Right. What I can't necessarily teach is how to get along with the team. Yeah. How to perpetuate culture. That, that's something that either you fit or you don't. And, uh, and guarding culture is saying, I care maybe more about the chemistry than the competency because that's something that 
that we right. can improve and work on. And I would say it's also as important in even we both serve on boards of different organizations, whether that be the Rotary Board or whether that be the school board or whatever that might be. I think it's really important in those same concepts as well within that because we've both seen how that works when people aren't on the same page. Yeah. I mean, it gets tough. I mean, it's, it's a tough spot. And the reality of that is when boards and organizations aren't on the same page, it actually impacts not only those that are on the board, but it impacts decisions that are being made. It impacts, you know, in a school board situation, it impacts students, parents, everything. I mean, it's tough. It's a yeah. tough spot. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a good segue. So. The environment of culture matters. The priorities in culture matter. The influencers in culture matter. Like Instagram influencer? Yeah, like that. Yeah, like the the person behind the video camera standing there telling you that you need to go to this vacation spot or buy these jeans. Yeah, but but that that is a a version of influence, right? You're creating something. And so when we think about culture, like to think about – and hopefully our listeners will ask this question – there's creators of culture, there's contributors, and there's critics. Now, we're going to come full circle to cancers within culture, but that's actually going to be yeah. our last point today. When I talk about creators, here, here's the reality. Not everybody listening, Chad, has the ability to create culture in their organization because typically culture is created at – whether it's the the top level, whether it's the founder, whether it's the executive leadership team, I mean, ultimately they're responsible to create culture. Yeah. But even if you don't create culture, everybody in the organization contributes. I think it's important that everybody culture. has a seat at the table when it comes to culture. Yeah, you know, and and I, the reason for that is is I, I mean. Prime example. Let's say you and I are part of an organization and I just come to you and I say, Bobby, this is our culture. This is what we do. This is what we believe in. Okay. Are you good? All right. Let's go. Let's do it. You had no say so in that whatsoever, which means you had no buy in. Yeah. Right. So anything that you don't have buy in, it's going to be really hard for you to get behind and follow. And I think it's really important that everybody on the team is behind it and the way to get them behind it. Is they've got to have buy-in. Yeah. So if you're in a leadership position in an organization where you can influence and create culture, yeah. you know, even if that's just a portion of culture, a team, et cetera, what you're saying is get a seat for everybody at the table so that it's not just here's what we do, but let's do this together. Yeah. We want you to be a contributor, but let's talk about even in teams, organizations where they're not really asked to contribute. The reality is, is, but they are contributing. It is. They're yeah. contributing to culture. So an example I can think of is, you know, take a, and we'll just take a group of 10. So whether that's a business or, or a team within a business and you have that perpetually late person, right? Late to meetings, late to work, always an excuse, um, never prepared when they come in. That, that's going to impact culture. Right. And if your culture, all nine people value time and, you know, hey, we all came in, we were here on time, we're prepared. And that one person, even though they're not creating culture, man, their contribution, in this case, a negative sense, is impacting the whole team. Yeah. I think that's why 
everybody's a contributor. What you're saying is be more proactive if you have the opportunity to invite that contribution in a healthy way. But going back to guarding culture, realize just because they're a contributor, it doesn't mean that's a good contribution. Yeah, correct. I mean, I would argue that the the contributions that you make, if they're bad, that has more weight than the good ones, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. And, and a lot of times, here's the thing. People who are contributing bad aspects to a culture, most of the times don't know they're doing it. Right. And, 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 and I don't even know as if they're doing it out of spite or doing it out of, well, this is my way or the highway. I think it's just they're unaware. Yeah. Right. They're unaware. And, and sometimes as a team or, or as a leader, part of the job is making people aware of the toxicity that a culture can bring sometimes. And yeah. I think that's important to do that. Well, let's talk about the culture critics for a moment. So yeah. we've talked about creators and contributors. Uh, most cultures are going to at some point have what I call the culture critic. Now, when we use the term critic, there's a couple ways to apply that. Uh, I think one way is critical eye. That can be healthy. But then there's the critical spirit, which is unhealthy. So a leader has to be a critic of culture in the sense of looking through a critical lens, a critical eye, right? What can we improve? Right. That That's a, that's a fair point. But I think what we're saying to guard against – be careful with the critics of culture. Those are the people who are loud and proud. And what you said makes a lot of sense. The negative contributor who becomes a critic, their negative words and actions far outweigh the positive words and actions of the group. Yeah. You have to, you, you can't allow that to just continue, especially if it's coming from a critical spirit. Again, yeah. there's a difference in, I see something that can be improved and I'm coming to you and just being a critical person. Yeah. And not that he was being a critical person, but I think, you know, we can kind of relate a little bit of this and let's go back to sports just for a second. If we can, you know, you think about the Denver Broncos with what they went through last year with bringing on of Russell Wilson. If you dive into that a little bit further, here's a leader of a team that walks into a culture that had already been established, already been set. He's walking into that, yet he decides to bring his own pieces of that puzzle in. Um, he's working out with his own personal trainers. He's got a private office, which had never been done before. So all of these different things that he's doing was so far against the culture that the Denver Broncos have created. I would contend that that probably had a lot to do with that record they ended up with last year and a lot to do with a – for all intents and purposes, a really good quarterback that just did not look good at all. Right. And that's what I think you, that's a great example. And I know we're armchair quarterbacks right yeah. now on a quarterback, but you know, when people would make comments about Russell Wilson and I, uh, neither of us know Russell personally, you know, uh, so this isn't a personal, you know, attack, but they make comments about, you know, man, he, he just really sucks as a quarterback. Well, that's not a factual statement. I mean, no, that, that, not at all. He's not at good. all. Right. I mean, based on his history in the NFL and even to get to that level, it's easy to just throw those terms out. Right. What you're saying is there's got to be something more to it. Absolutely. Right. I mean, yeah. the guy statistically in his career does not suck as a quarterback. So what's going on that's causing him to, in this case, Suck as a quarterback, right? Because yeah. it's not a talent level. It's not a competency level. Something else is off. And I think you may be right. There's something there in the culture. 
Um, and I think that leads us to kind of our, our, our last area here, if you will. And for the sake of time, we, we said we want to honor time. There's some cancers and, and this is not an exhaustive list by right. any means, but there's some cancers to avoid yeah, in culture. Sure. So again, we talk about guide and, and guard. You have to watch out for at least these five cancers. So let's use the term avoid and, and kind of unpack this. The first one, the A would be avoidance of accountability. Yeah. If you have a culture where people are not accountable for their time, not accountable for uh, their work, not accountable for their attitude, not accountable for their words, actions, the list goes on. If you allow that avoidance of accountability, there's no way you're going to have a healthy culture. Yeah, and I, and I think that can be looked at in two different ways, and, and I'm going to speak more so to the leader side of this. Avoidance of accountability can be just what you talked about, people avoiding taking accountability for their actions, but avoidance of accountability can also be from a leader standpoint, not holding people accountable, right? Now, when you think of accountable, sometimes that has a negative term, Bobby. Sometimes that means, well, you're going to reprimand somebody for doing something or, or you're going to, uh, God forbid, fire somebody for doing something. I, I I just look at it totally different. Sometimes accountability is just inspecting what you expect, right? And that can be even in the form of of, for example, in my business, we do a lot of role plays. We do a lot of practicing what the conversation sounds like before we actually do it, and that is a form of accountability. People on the other end of that don't see that, but that's a form of accountability, making sure that we are going to be good when it becomes game time. Yeah, and and you bring up a good point. As a leader, there's times that I look back and I've avoided accountability. I, I didn't realize probably in the moment. Yeah. It wasn't like an intentional thing. I don't want to be accountable, but I've avoided accountability by not holding others right. accountable to the same standard. And what that communicated in our culture was – He's playing favorites. Yeah. And not, not favor. There's a difference in favor and favorites, right? I think favors earned. Right. Favor, you work hard. You're dedicated. I can trust you. That's different. Favorites is almost, why does this person get to slack off? Why yeah. does this person not have to rise up to the level? And, and I think over the history in my experience, when I reflect back on that, it didn't help culture. It hurt culture. Well, and to be because honest, I avoided it, right? I yeah. avoided it as a leader. And to be honest with you, if we, if we really dug deep into that, because you and I both have similar personality types, so I, I, I've been in the same spot before. If I really dug into that, I think it would more, more be a factor of me. Sometimes it's just easier, Bobby, to do it yourself than it is to follow up on people doing it, right? Yeah, it's just a factor of avoidance of accountability. I mean, that's yeah. all that is, yeah. right? Just because you're taking the easy rate, the easy way out. Yeah. Well. It's a tough spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, it's a great example. So the second one. So just think of the term avoid because you want to avoid these cancers. And we think about if you value policy more than people. Yeah. And the reason I say more, I value policy. Yeah. Policy is there for a reason. You know, policy is there to protect you. But Chad, what I found in most organizations, policy has been created out of a problem. Right. Something happened. We didn't have a policy. Now we need a policy to prevent it from happening again. Makes sense. So I'm not saying that you don't value policy. What I find is when policy 
becomes more important than people because a policy was created to fix or prevent a problem. But as things change, as, as culture evolves, sometimes things come up that if you're just going to come down to policy, just strict policy, that can create a negative culture because you're not considering the people that that policy affects. And again, a lot of examples that I could, could share in this, but I think when we come back to at the end of the day as a leader, make sure that you're choosing people over policy. And again, I'm not saying excuse behavior. That, that's not what I'm saying, but yeah. Yeah, let me go back to the, the, the example I gave earlier. Nine, 10 people on a team, nine of them are showing up to work on time. It could be that the one person who's coming in late is the single parent who needs to drop their kid off at school or be at the bus stop until a certain time. And th- that's the earliest they can get there. Now, what I would say is, you know, maybe the policy is zero tolerance, right? For you're not late. But in this case, what you're saying is I'm going to choose a person over the policy. They're late for a reason. I knew they were going to be late. They communicated it. And I'm either going to move the meeting time back. Right. Or I'm going to explain to the rest of the people in the group why they're late so that it doesn't negatively impact culture. It's not about favorites, but I'm going to choose that person in that situation and say, I get it. That's their situation. I'm not going to make the 9 a.m. meeting policy more important than the person who needs to get their kid on the bus. Now, I get it. Every organization can't apply those same rules. First job I ever had full time, uh, one of the telecommunications companies. That wouldn't have flown, right? I had to be on the phone at a certain time. But when you can, as best you can, choose people over policy. Otherwise, valuing policy over people, I think it just creates a very, very unhealthy culture. Well, and I I would say that in most organizations, policy creates more of an obstacle with culture than people. Yeah. People are – people make culture. Policy sometimes – uh, inhibits culture. Yeah. And, and, and we'll breeze through these last ones, but as we build, uh, I think about the O, I think about operating more formal than friendly. Yeah. And I won't say a lot to that other than I, there's environments where you have to be formal. You know, in this podcast today, you're headed off. You got some meetings today. You're dressed for the occasion. Evidently, I want to be a PE teacher when I grow up <laughs> and I'm dressed for my occasion. Um, but no, in our culture, depending on the days and depending on what's going on, we understand we have to dress for the occasion. Yeah. So think about it more than dress code because I think sometimes we think formal. We just apply it to dress code. But if you have an environment that's very formal, um, I think it can inhibit culture. Find ways to be friendly. Doesn't mean you can't, you know, correct people, all of that. It just means find ways that the culture, not just the attire, can be a friendly culture. People can get along. They can do life together. Cause here's what I found. It's harder for people to leave organizations when they feel like they're friends with the people they work with. Right. Um, it's a lot easier when it's very formal and you might as well be a number. I mean, they call you by name, but. You, you might as well be a number statistic, but uh, you agree with that as we yeah, kind of breeze through this? I, I, I would tell you the most the, – probably the most important 12 minutes of our day within my organization is the 12 minutes that we spend either playing ping pong or throwing darts, as crazy as that may sound. Just because the things that we deal with, I mean, some days are good and some days are bad, to be honest with you. And unfortunately, when you're dealing with the public – the public is not always friendly. 
to be honest with you. Yeah. And you just need that. We need that downtime, but more so than the downtime, they need that time together. That's what makes our culture. Without it, we're, we're not the same. Yeah. The last two, I individual stats and, 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 and I would say status, right? right? If you make it a lot about the individual stats and status, you can create a culture that's unhealthy. I totally understand reward systems. Right. I get it in sales environments that there can be, you know, awards for certain. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but I think if we're not careful, if a culture becomes a lot about the individual stats or the individual status, it really erodes at its base, yeah. right? And that can be unhealthy. With, within a sales organization, you have to really walk a fine line between the balance of I versus we, yeah. right? And my, my, Goal always is to be right on the line, right? I never want to be over on the I side or over on the we side because either one of those can contribute to a, a bad culture. You got to be on the line, yeah. right? Yeah. So. And, and the last one, I would say if we said download over dialogue, yeah. it comes back to what you said earlier. Um, a healthy culture is going to involve more dialogue. More people get to speak into the process. An unhealthy culture, a cancer to avoid right. is download over dialogue where you're constantly the one saying, here's what the culture is, do it right. versus here's what we want the culture to be. How do we do it? And I think yeah. big difference in that. So those are some of the avoiding, uh, right. the avoidance issues that we've seen with cancers. Obviously not a complete list, but as we come full circle, Chad, we're just jealous. We've seen healthy cultures. We've been a part of healthy cultures. We've helped create healthy cultures and we've seen unhealthy cultures. We've been part of unhealthy cultures. We've contributed and maybe in some sense created at some points unhealthy cultures. Yeah. We're just jealous for people to experience healthy cultures because it makes your organization better. Man, it makes, it makes life better when it comes to career wise. Yeah. Um, just the final takeaway, Bobby, that I would say is in today's, in today's world of technology, in today's world and an environment of business, don't underestimate the power of coming behind the screen and doing face to face communication because that in itself has so much impact on culture that sometimes we forget about. Yeah, that's true. So, so final takeaway for you, uh, just uh, throw this out there, but Culture wins every time. Yeah. Uh, Drucker says culture eats strategy for breakfast, right? Culture always wins. The question is, is it a winning culture? Because culture can win, but it doesn't mean that it's healthy. It doesn't mean that it's good. So culture wins, but do you have a winning culture? Think about your environment. Think about your priorities. Think about the influence that you and others have and think about the cancers to avoid. And we hope this is helpful. If it is, please share this out uh, so that other leaders can continue to grow. That's our goal here at, at the Epic Leadership Podcast. Uh, subscribe. Uh, join us next month in October as we continue to unpack uh, some more epic leadership topics and, and maybe rate us. Give us a good rating if you don't mind. If this is helpful to you, hopefully it can be helpful to others. So close us out. Any final thought? Culture. It always wins. Looking forward to seeing everybody next month. Bobby, have a great month. We'll see everybody in October. See you soon. Hey, guys. 
guys. Thanks for joining the Epic Leadership Podcast. Man, this is just fun for Bobby and I just to kind of talk back and forth and hopefully give you some good insights into some leadership as of a couple different industries. And if you've enjoyed it, we would love to have a good review. Uh, give us a five-star rating if you can. Share it with some friends. If you didn't like it, then tune in again next time, and we will try to do better. We'll see you next time, guys.